Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you read all your leadership books, a lot of them will tell you to never confront a serious problem in front of other people. I don't believe that. I learned in broadcasting, sitting in locker rooms around the league and everything else, and I've all sort of believed this. Players in the locker room tend to think the only guy that gets chewed out and reprimanded for making a mistake is the second stringer. And I've always felt that everybody has to feel they're all going to be held responsible, regardless of how good you think you are. I would always attack a problem, not the person. I would attack the problem in front of everybody. One of my favorite things in 40 years of doing radio was having Dick Vermeil go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, and he came over and spent so much time with Michelle Smallman and I on our morning show then. And uh, with Brooke Grimsley and Dan McLaughlin, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and the Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil joins us now on the Celebrity Line. Coach, it's always good to talk to you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, thank you. No issues. No, I haven't lost a game years. <laughs> that's that's got to be a good feeling. Hey, uh, uh, we've talked about this before, but somebody is going to lose a game on Sunday. What was that like for you when you took your Eagles team to the Super Bowl? How did you respond? When we took the Eagles, obviously I didn't do a very good job because we lost. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, you know, it was different than when we went uh, with the Rams because uh, when we went with the Eagles, we had two weeks, you know, a week by. Remember, Randy, when we went in, in 2000 of January, we didn't have a bye. Mm-hmm. We won the championship game on Sunday and got on a plane and flew on Monday, which is not the best way to go. But the results were better with that method. <laughs> no doubt about it. And obviously you came away with a win. And what, what we always like having you on, Coach, but you, like Andy Reid, coached both the Eagles and the Chiefs. I know you have a great relationship with Andy Reid. And you also have a great appreciation of the history of coaching. What's your impression of the, the legacy of Andy Reid's coaching career in the NFL? Well, I think he's right there with Belichick with Don Shula, Tom Landry, you know, Bill Parcells, these kinds of guys, Joe Gibbs. Uh, he's with those guys and maybe on offense along with Bill Walsh. You know, uh, Bill Walsh was ahead of his time offensively. Uh, Andy Reid uh, has been it a long time now, so he's he's been ahead of the game offensively, I think, for many years now. And the offense today is so mature with all the touches he's made on it through the many years that that you just never know how he's going to beat you, you know? He, he's sensational, and I know that you also have an appreciation of the uh, the Mike Shanahan tree and Kyle Shanahan, so I, I'd like to get your impressions of, of what he's done in San Francisco, too. Well, I think uh, Kyle is a reflection of his dad. You know, I coached against his dad many, many times, not very often successfully, and... Uh, but uh, Kyle's done a great job. He's a little uh, innovative in his own way today. The more restricted, 
closer knit formations, not spread as much from sideline to sideline and giving them different advantages, both run and pass and also allowing uh, more than one receiver to cross the field easily to get to the other sideline and uh, catching more balls running away from the quarterback or parallel to the line of scrimmage rather than a higher percentage coming back toward the quarterback. And I think all of these has elevated that offense into right now the most productive offense in football. Well, speaking of the 49ers and then offense, there was a recent article by The Athletic that is titled Why This Year's 49ers Team Reminds the Greatest Show on Turf Rams of Their Super Bowl Run. Do you see any similarities between the 49ers and the Greatest Show on Turf? Well, you know, I I think, and Mike March did a great job within that article because I I saw it and I was interviewed within it. And uh, I think the 49ers are a little, uh, use a higher percentage of tighter formations than we did. But, uh, you know, they exploit the running back just like uh, we did with Mike and those guys run the offense. uh, And they score a lot of points. Okay. And they score a lot of points. People tend to forget how many points that team, our Super Bowl team in St. Louis scored when the offense was sitting on the bench. You know, I like to make sure my defensive coaches and players get credit for what they did. I think it was 11 touchdowns, okay, in, in returns and interception returns and fumble recoveries and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I would say the real similarity is in the utilization of the running back within the passing game. What do you think about Brock Purdy? A lot of people try to label him as just a game manager in kind of a negative way. What do you think about him, and do you see any similarities with him and Kurt Warner? Because Kurt Warner, of course, a lot of people talked about all the weapons that he has around him, just like they do with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think Kurt Warner's a more pure passer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I do think they do a great job of exploiting uh, Purdy's uh, talents. I don't think he's limited. Uh I, I think they fit him in with the scheme that they run. And uh, I think other quarterbacks that have equal passing talent could do the same thing within that scheme. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, he's a, just an all pro quarterback. And regardless of what scheme you run, I think he can move into some other schemes and do as well as some of the other great quarterbacks do. Uh, I don't think he is quite as gifted a passer, even though his percentage completion is great. You know, if you really evaluate your offenses from year to year, percentage passes complete via coming off play action is normally higher than your normal drop back passing game. And they use a higher percentage of play action passing. And uh, I think that's why his pass completion percentage is higher than everybody else's as well. Coach, who do you like to win this weekend and why? Well, I like the Chiefs to win. They're my team. I worked there five years. I'm close to the Hunt mm-hmm. family. I'm close to Andy Reid. I grew up a 49er fan. The very first NFL locker room I was ever in was the 49ers in 1961. Red Hickey was coaching the team, and Mike Hickey, his son, was playing defensive end for me at Hillsdale High School. So Carol and I would get to go to the uh, – 49er games once in a while and sit in the booth with Mrs. Hickey and then go down on the field and into the locker room after the game. And I can't tell you that what an unbelievable impact that had on me in regard to NFL football. So I, I will always be grateful for those experiences. Coach, it's amazing that you, when you tell that story, it's like you can see that locker room in your mind's eye. Is that the way it is oh, right you- now? 
Oh, yeah, that locker room wasn't much, believe me. (laughs) Wasn't much, but they had a lot of stars that I grew up watching play. You know, big-name 49ers that are now in the Hall of Fame. You know, the McElhaney's and all those kind, Y.A. Tittle. And, you know, it was just something. And and actually, Red Hickey was really the first one to really take the shotgun formation and put it up front. Hmm. Now, caught up with it later in the season, but at first he was putting tons of points on the board out of the shotgun, and nobody else was doing it. Dick Vermeil, uh, you always mentioned to us early on in Kurt's career how he played beyond the scheme, that everybody had to be ready for the ball because sometimes the ball was set to go one place, but Kurt would see somebody and it would go another place. It looks to me like Patrick Mahomes is a master at playing beyond the scheme. Do you agree with that? Oh, no question, Yeah. I think Curse was really more programmed going throughout the entire pattern and, and extremely well coached by Mike and Al Saunders and all those guys, John Ramsdale, within the offense. But uh, I, I think uh, Mahomes is more independent uh, uh, because I almost think sometimes he gets that out of there too soon because he wants to go out and create something different than the pattern was designed to do. Yeah, not that he can't do it in, in the routine of the pattern, but uh, Kurt, I think, exploited the whole pattern from the pocket, whereas Mahomes exploits the offense from all over the field. The left, almost, you know, he has thrown it left-handed. He lobs it over. He throws it sidearm. He can throw it in any which way, you know, which makes him extremely unique. Your friend Mike Holmgren used to say uh, about Favre, uh, uh, well, he's standing on the sideline. No, no, no. And then Favre makes a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the same thing with Andy Reid and Mahomes, right? Yeah, no question. I used to do that with Dante Hall in Kansas City. I'd say, don't go. Don't. <laughs> don't feel that. And then he brings the ball up to the 50-yard line or into the end zone. I say, great play. <laughs> well, Coach, Torrey Holt is a finalist once again for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Do you think this is the year that he gets in? Well, you know, the competition's tough. I believe, you know, he deserves it or else he wouldn't be in the finals, what, five times. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in uh, this year or not, uh, I think it's 55%, 60% chance. You know, he holds the NFL all-time record, okay, history of the NFL, for the most yards gained in one game with three pass receptions. I think it was 186 yards with three receptions, and two of them were touchdowns in one game. No one has ever done that before. And, I, you know, I pointed that out a couple of weeks ago, uh, to Howard Balzer because I was going through different stats trying to find something that could separate him from somebody else at, you know, going into the hall and I found that up and made sure I found that out and made sure that Howard who, who presents him and, and everything and uh, got that information Yeah. Hey coach if Torrey does make it in and at some point he will Bruce, Holt, Falk Pace, Warner, with the fact that that offense did put together three consecutive 500-point seasons. Was that the best offense ever? Well, if it wasn't the best ever, it's as good as the best ever, okay? (laughs) I don't know, but uh, it was very productive. And I think it also set a tone to other coaches. It told other coaches, you know, that uh, move your schemes, uh, spread them out, uh, attack, make sure you utilize the running back within the scheme and and still be sound in pass protection. You know, so uh, uh, I think it would I think it was maybe what Bill Walsh did early in his career and got that style of offense built in. 
that uh, Mike and my offensive staff did that in, in 1999. You know, it was very productive after that as well. Yeah, no doubt. So now how is life treating you with the Vermeil wines? How's the wine business? It's going okay. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not big hitters in the business. We make quality, quality wine. And we recently won a blind tasting against $350 and $450 bottles of wine through the shock of everybody, <laughs> which really pleased us. But we're doing it right. You know, we've got a Hall of Fame bottle of wine coming out that my partners decided to do after the, I made the haul in 2022, and it'll be released coming up. We ended up making only, I think, about 85 cases of it from, uh, and the grapes came from Bexhoffer Vineyard, which is overall maybe the, has more credibility in Napa Valley than any other vineyard management organization. So uh, we're, we're pleased with that. Uh, and, and our 2021 vintages uh, could prove to be the best we've made so far as they mature. We had to start selling them a little earlier. As you remember, Randy, we lost all our 2020 uh, reds in the forest fire. Yeah, right. So, uh, but the 2021s are already drinking very well. For, especially when you consider how early it is in, in your barling age. Yeah. Good. So I, I think one time recently when we spoke to you, you said that you, you'd made the playoffs. Vermeil Wines had made the playoffs. Are you still a playoff team or are you advancing? No, we're a playoff team. Yeah. You know, it's hard to make the Super Bowl on the Napa Valley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, it. Uh, no, we are. And, and I, I say that because we we make a little money. We break even, pay all our expenses until have a few bucks in the bank and, and no partners that put money in their pocket to go home with because they, they wouldn't be able to pay the bids for But, uh, uh, it's doing well. It's run well. And the people love our wine, our, our Napa tasting room won, uh, the best tasting room award in Napa this year. And there's a hundred of them. You know, so we're very proud of that. So we're doing it right. Beautiful. Hey, Coach, one more thing. I want to ask you about the state of the game right now because you've said that you couldn't coach the way the game is coached now because you don't have as much access to the players. Anybody who watched your teams and watched the fact that you guys hit and played defense, it it was a different game 24 years ago than the game is now. How do you like the product now when you watch it? I like the product. I think it's a little better for the player overall. I think the fundamentals are are, are are not as good as they used to be. We all had more time to spend on the individual player and developing a young player to become the you know the London Fletchers, the Kurt Warners of the world, and these kind of guys, the Billy Jenkins, all you know, all undrafted players who started in the Super Bowl and played well. You know, uh, it's harder to do that now with practice time restrictions and contact restrictions and double day restrictions. If you'll remember, Randy, our first two years. In St. Louis, we never took the pads off, and we were on the field a long time. But because of that, we were able to develop some players. So when Kurt Warner all of a sudden became the great player that he was, everybody else was good enough to allow him to take advantage of his talents and for Mike Martz to take advantage of his talents and Al Saunders and Hannafin. You know, it, it took time to get where we were. It's tougher to do that today. I feel sorry for the younger coaches. I was just going to ask you about the younger coaches. What would be your advice? You were in that spot before. What would your advice be to these younger coaches? Be who you are. Don't try to be anybody else. And always start out tough. You can always back off. But if you if you don't start out tough, chances are you're going to get fired anyway. But if you do start out tough and get them going and building this toughness in this the schemes and the fundamentals and, and the discipline within your program or your organization – then you have a chance to back off a little bit when you feel you've arrived. 
And finally, Dick Vermeil, I want you to tell this story because it's one of my favorites. The day of the Super Bowl, uh, you you had been the coach that burnout started because of, but you were so thankful to the people that had given you opportunities that on the day of the Super Bowl, tell us about the phone calls that you made as you prepared for the game that night. What you did for me, and thank you for how much I learned from you, you know. Uh, I, I went to the Hall of Fame this last year as, you know, not a, a participant, but just a a member of the organization. And uh, one night there, I sat at the table with George Allen's two sons, hmm. okay, Bruce, Bruce and George. And I look at those guys and I just think, you know, your dad started me in this league. <laughs> wow. So you, you can never forget those people to help you get where you are. And and you don't, and you're you're wonderful. We love you. You're our coach. You'll always be our coach here in St. Louis. You know that, coach. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and thanks as always. It's good to talk to you, and we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you, coach. That's Dick Vermeil on 101 ESPN.